Hello, Jet Setters, and welcome to the Jet Set Life podcast. I'm your hostess, Brittany Ryan, child-free travel content creator and blogger. I'm a curator of authentic and cultural travel experiences, and I want to help you be the same. Create a Jet Set Life full of adventure and learn how to live life to the fullest with me as your travel guide. Tune in each week for solo episodes and conversations with travel leaders all about child-free travel, adults-only getaways, travel guides, itineraries, and more. I am all about sharing actionable, detailed tips and tricks for creating the jet-set life of your dreams, so get ready to learn. Are you ready for takeoff? Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, Jet Setters, and happy February of 2023. I have been traveling for work, and I was at a trade show in San Francisco, so it was great. I love to travel for trade shows, and I also love trade shows, and I'm so happy that they're back because event management is a passion for mine aside from travel management, and really they go hand in hand. But today I want to talk about Lisbon in Portugal, and I want to talk about all of the highlights of what to do while you're in Lisbon. Now, last week we talked about the best places to eat in Lisbon, which is the capital of Portugal, but this time now we're going to talk about what to do while you're with its rich history and culture. There's something new and exciting for to discover for everyone. There's iconic landmarks, charming neighborhoods, vibrant nightlife, and delicious cuisine. So Lisbon is definitely a place that should not be missed. It's located on the Atlantic coast. Lisbon has a mild climate that makes it an ideal destination to visit year-round. The city is known for colorful houses, narrow streets, and charming squares, which gives it a laid-back and welcoming atmosphere. It also is relatively inexpensive compared to some other European cities, so that's always a nice thing. (laughs) Lisbon has a rich history that can be traced back to the pre-Roman era. Over the centuries, the city has been influenced by a number of different cultures, including Romans, the Moors, and Portuguese. This diverse history is reflected in the city's architecture, which ranges from medieval castles to Art Deco buildings. With so much to see and do, it can be overwhelming to decide on what to do in Lisbon. So I'm going to share with you my recommendations of what you can do. First is visit the Belém Tower. One of the top things to do in Lisbon is visit this tower, which is Belém Tower. The iconic tower is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and one of the most popular landmarks in the city. The Belém Tower was built in the 16th century as a defensive fortification to protect the city's harbor. It's located in the Belém neighborhood, which is known for its cultural and historical significance. The tower is a prime example of the Manuelin style of architecture, which is characterized by its ornate and intricate details. Today, the Belém Tower serves as a museum, offering visitors a chance to learn about the history of Lisbon and the role that the tower played in the city's defenses. 
Visitors can climb to the top of the tower for panoramic views of the city and the harbor. It's a relatively small site. You Once you're inside, the, you can walk around the lower level and you can go inside the fortification where they housed the, the cannons. And then you go in small groups all the way up to the top of the tower and you go via this spiral stone staircase. It's very tall and narrow. And so you'll go all the way up to the top and then you'll work your way down. The top, there's this simple room that was used as a chapel. And then you can stop on each floor on the way down. And I want to say there was four levels total. So as you go down, you can stop in the third and the second. And maybe there's one more. I can't exactly remember. So it's definitely worth a visit. And it's also a really fun area. There was there's like a park around it and there were lots of people outside eating snacks. There was a there were some buskers. Is that the word for it? Busker? I don't know. It, the outdoor performers. <laughs> there was there was somebody playing the violin and people just sitting around listening. So it was a really good vibe out there. And it's by the water, so everybody was happy. <laughs> Now, addition to, in addition to the tower itself, the Belem neighborhood is also home to a number of other cultural historical sites, including Geronimo's Monastery, which we're about to talk about, the National Coach Museum, and the Berardo Museum of Modern and Contemporary Art. Okay, so the other place that I saw in this area is Geronimo's Monastery. I think that was those were the top two things to see, but they're quite historical, and that's personally what I like to see when I'm in new places and they're within walking distance of each other the Belem Tower and Geronimo's Monastery. The Geronimo's Monastery is also a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It was also built in the 16th century to celebrate the Portuguese voyages of discovery and to provide a resting place for Vasco da Gama the Portuguese explorer who led the first expedition to India. The Geronimo's Monastery is a prime example of the Manuelan style of architecture like the Belem Tower. Again, ornate and intricate details. The monastery's cloisters are adorned with elaborate stone carvings and the main chapel is home to a number of beautiful stained glass windows. In addition to its architecture, Role, architectural and historical significance. The Geronimo's Monastery is also home to a number of important cultural treasures. The library contains a number of rare and valuable manuscripts, including the Codex Calixtinus. I'm not sure if I said that right. It's a 12th century guide to the pilgrimage route to Santiago de Compostela. Visitors can take a guided tour of the main chapels, cloisters, and library, or simply explore the grounds on their own, which is what we did. The monastery is open to the public every day, and tickets can be purchased on-site or in advance online. Now, we purchased these on-site, and there was definitely a wait time to enter. So for this particular spot, if you can purchase in advance, I would recommend it. Next, we have visiting Lisbon's Pink Street. 
the Pink Street is located in the Sodre neighborhood of Lisbon. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. And it is a popular destination for tourists and locals alike. The street got its name in the 1980s when it was painted pink as part of a citywide effort to revitalize the area. Today, the street is known for its vibrant and lively atmosphere with a number of bars, clubs, and restaurants lining its sidewalks. The Pink Street is a great place to go out at night with a number of bars and clubs that stay open late. You'll find everything from trendy rooftop bars with views of the city to cozy cocktail bars and live music venues. In addition to its nightlife, the Pink Street is also home to a number of interesting shops and boutiques. You'll find vintage clothing stores, artisanal food markets, and maybe you can pick up a souvenir. Now, during the day, which is when I visited, the Pink Street is a bit quieter, but it's still a great place to spend an afternoon. It's not super big. It's a fairly small area. You can grab a coffee or a bite to eat at one of the cafes or simply stroll around and take a few photos. Next, we have admiring the ruins of the Carmo Convent. The Carmo Convent and the Carmo Archaeological Museum are located in the center of Lisbon in the Quijado neighborhood. Again, I hope I pronounced that right. Chiado, Quijado. The convent was originally built in the 14th century, but it was destroyed in the 1755 earthquake that devastated much of the city of Lisbon. Today, the convent's ruined cloisters and arches provide a unique and evocative setting for the Carmo Archaeological Museum. The museum houses a collection of artifacts and relics from Portugal's rich history, including prehistoric tools, Roman and Visigothic jewelry, and medieval pottery. The museum is also home to a number of important artworks, including a collection of Gothic altarpieces and the remains of a Gothic tomb. There was even a mummy in an Egyptian sarcophagus, or I think that's how you pronounce that. Now, in addition to the permanent collection, the Carmo Archaeological Museum also hosts a number of temporary exhibits, which might have been where that our sarcophagus came from. I'm not entirely sure if that was permanent or temporary. Visitors can explore the ruins of the convent and the museum and learn about the history of Lisbon and Portugal. The museum is open every day and tickets can be purchased on site or in advance online. We purchased these tickets at the door and we had basically no wait at all. So I don't think you would need to purchase these in advance. Another great thing to do while in Lisbon is go luxury shopping on Avenida da Liberdade. And this is a popular destination for luxury shopping. It's a, an avenue that's home to a number of high-end retailers, including designer clothing stores, jewelry stores, and home decor boutiques. We actually stayed in a hotel on this street, and it was a nice area that was quite centrally located. And I quite liked this street because it was beautifully decorated. There's gardens 
all through the center and walking paths, beautiful trees, water features. So it's just really pretty. Even if you don't actually shop, it's just a beautiful place to stroll through and sit on a bench, enjoy coffee, look at the fountains and the sculptures. So highly recommend. And there will be well-known international brands that you'll be familiar with, as well as a number of Portuguese brands. And you can also find department stores in the area. Next, we have Seeing the City from Castelo de São Jorge. And this is a castle located in the heart of Lisbon on a hill overlooking the city. The castle dates back to the medieval period and played a significant role in the city's history. Today, the castle is a popular tourist attraction, and it is definitely up on that hill. (laughs) It's a bit of a steep walk to get up there, but I definitely think it was worth it. The castle's walls, towers, and gates are well-preserved. You can wander through its rooms and courtyards to get a sense of what life was like back then. And I especially loved seeing all of the wild peacocks running around. There were little families of peacocks with baby peacocks running around and mom and dads, and it was really fun to see. Now, the castle's location on a hill on the hill offers breathtaking and panoramic views of the city. So even if you are not interested in exploring the castle grounds itself, it's definitely worth going up there just to get the beautiful views. It's also home to a number of museums, including the Military Museum and the Archaeological Museum, which we didn't have time to, to visit. However, if you do have time, you I would recommend visiting those as it'll give you even more history behind the castle and the history of Lisbon. Number seven on our list is check out the city's museums like Museo Nacional do Azulejo. (sighs) Again, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but it translates to the National Tile Museum, and it's located in the Alfama neighborhood in Lisbon. The museum is dedicated to the art of the Azulejo, which is a type of Portuguese tile known for intricate patterns and colorful designs. The museum is home to a collection of more than 4,000 tiles dating from the 15th century all the way to the 20th century. The museum's collection of tiles from a number of different styles and periods, and it is one of the most comprehensive collections of azulejos in the world. In addition to its collection of tiles, the museum has a number of temporary exhibits, and There was one that was like a modern art exhibit that incorporated the tiles, and I really enjoyed it. There's also a small chapel inside of the museum, and this is because I believe the museum is located inside of a convent or a converted convent, and so the small chapel inside is also beautiful and worth seeing. Lisbon has a number of other interesting museums, including the Caluste Golbenkian Museum. It is a collection of art and artifacts from around the world. And as I mentioned before, the Berardo Museum of Modern and Contemporary Art. 
And while you are in this area in the Alfama neighborhood, I my next item on my list is to wander through the Alfama neighborhood. This is the oldest neighborhood in Lisbon, and it's known for narrow streets, charming houses, and a vibrant atmosphere. Take a walk through the neighborhood to discover hidden squares, photo music clubs, and traditional restaurants. Number nine on our list is take a ride on the historic trams. Lisbon is famous for its historic trams, which have been running through the city since the late 19th century. Take a ride on Tram 28 to see the city's main sites or take a trip on the nostalgically decorated Tram number 12. We didn't have time to ride on one of the trams, but we did see them all around the city and we spotted Tram 28. It had a very long line to board. So if you want to ride on Tram 28 or 12, Honestly, I would try to be one of the first or one of the last rides of the day to try to avoid some of those crowds. Number 10 on our list is go to the top of the Santa Justa lift. This is a historic elevator built in 1902 that offers panoramic views of the city from its observation deck. The Santa Justa lift is located in the Baisha neighborhood, which is known for its shopping and dining options. Number 11 on our list is, of course, to eat all the authentic Portuguese cuisine. As I said in the last podcast episode, you've got to try some Portuguese cuisine. Even though it's not my personal favorite of all time, I think you should absolutely still try it. A popular dish is the bacalao or the salted cod. It's a versatile fish and it's prepared in a variety of different ways in Portugal, including grilled, fried, or baked. Another popular dish is cocido. It's a stew made with a variety of meats and vegetables. Seafood is a staple, so you should definitely try some fresh seafood while you're there. And they also make some delicious desserts, including pastel de nada. And they also make arroz doce. It's a sweet rice pudding and bolo de arroz. It's a rice cake. And I'm sorry, again, if I mispronounce that, I really do try, guys. All right, our last activity on the list is to day trip to the Sintra region, if you have time. It's just a short train ride away from Lisbon, and Sintra is home to a number of stunning castles and palaces, including Pena Palace and Quinta de Regalera. It's like stepping into a fairy tale town. So if you have time to visit Sintra, I highly recommend that you do. Obviously, I'm biased. We had our wedding ceremony there, and it was a dream come true. It I could I could live there, honestly. It was so beautiful. And really, people say do a day trip, but oh my gosh, if you have time for more than a day trip, if you have time to spend at least a couple days in Sintra, you won't regret it. I absolutely loved it. All right, so let's round this up. Whether you are interested in history, art, or just soaking up the local culture, you are sure to find plenty to do and see while you're in Lisbon. And 
I was pleasantly surprised that the city did not break my bank. <laughs> so that's also an added plus. So 10 out of 10 recommend go to go see Lisbon and in your next vacation. And if you need help planning for that vacation, I do offer custom planning services and you can find out more about that on my blog at jetsettingblonde.com. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Ciao. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to dive even deeper into creating your jet set life, start with upgrading your travel bucket list. You can download my free resource on the top 50 destinations for child-free travel by visiting jetsettingblonde.com forward slash start dash here. Because the first step to creating your jet set life starts with upgrading your travel goals. And if something in today's episode really resonated with you, please screenshot and tag me at the jet set blonde on Instagram or Facebook. I want to know what your biggest takeaway was. I really want to hear from you. And it means so much to me when I can see your screenshots of you listening to the podcast or reading my posts online. Every screenshot and review means the world to me. I read every single one. And I really appreciate your support in listening to this episode and supporting me on this adventure. I look forward to bringing you more awesome and genuinely helpful content that will help you create the jet set life of your dreams. 